Today's episode of The Glue Guys is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including with companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to glueguys.robinhood.com. That's glueguys.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Today's episode of The Glue Guys is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including with companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's no commission fees or account minimums, so whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to glueguys.robinhood.com. That's glueguys.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. All right, well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Harris. Hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash glue guys. The Glue Guys or Glue Guys. Check us out on The Athletic. If you want 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic, it is still happening right now. Theathletic.com slash glue guys. Five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Brian. Wow. The Nets are cratering. How you doing, buddy? Um, I'm good, all things considered. <laughs> um, watched some of that game yesterday. Watched Jeez. all that game. You know, what what to say anymore, Mike? What's happening here? You I mean, I know that we're be... supposed to I know that we're supposed to be competing for a championship next year, but it feels like we're like really far away from that from some for some reason. This feels like in terms of expectations, this is about as bad as it's been since like Darren Williams, the the year after Paul Pierce left, mm. like I, I can't even remember exactly what that was like. But Paul Pierce was only with the Nets for what one season, I believe it was. This, so I don't want to get like too crazy because you know Ky- Karis LeVert was out a whole bunch of games and Kyrie Irving was out a whole bunch of games. Though I kind of wish he would go away again because uh, 
it isn't that much fun to hear the things that he has to say. And the terrible team- take. Let me just stop here. You don't want him to come back and play basketball because the things that he says. I just this is you have it, just gotten full. You've gone. You've turned on him. Okay, so we were, you've been you've been hearing from the I, global coastal media elite <laughs> on Bleacher Report about this the woke the the media Irving ver- lur- the, liberal the needs. the actually Sorry. very interesting coincidence that Julius Irving and Kyrie Irving <laughs> do share a, a what? Uh, what is it called a homonym I don't know it's a, it's not the it's not the same word because it's spelled different but it sounds the same um I'm looking up that actual code so this this was a story that Michael Lee did with Kyrie Irving it was some I'm gonna pull it up right now Michael Lee of the Athletic and you could read the story if you wanted to by subscribing to the Athletic go to theathletic.com slash glue guys and and this is the second paragraph of this story that michael lee did called the latest kyrie irving kerfuffle by the way that's the best part about kyrie irving's name is that kerfuffle is adjective i think is the it's another adjective kerfuffle um is the best descriptive word to go along with kyrie kerfuffle uh shows the challenges he faces in shaking his reputation so the second paragraph in the line is it's not a coincidence that the last time the nets won a title they were led by julius irving Kyrie Irving said, referencing the two-time ABA Hall of ABA title Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. And now we have another Irving just saying. Okay, what is your take on that? Are you are you mad about that? Or I I am like searching my heart and my soul for the reason why this is <laughs> this is because this is being proliferated in the news and being is so there's a couple of things to it, right? A, it's that like we're not currently at the level of like competing for a championship. And so to hear someone say that, I guess is galling. I don't know. Um, but you know, nobody expects us to be competing at that level this year. So obviously it's not, he's not talking about this season or it shouldn't be read that way. I don't think alternatively you could read it as he's as good as Julia serving, which, you know, I wasn't watching much Julia serving back in the day, but, um, I don't know. Fine. Whatever. Is that a crazy, is that a crazy, crazy thing to say? He is one of the best, you know, 10 or 15 or whatever, but NBA players, um, no, that's pretty ambitious, but somewhere in that, in that, um, realm. So I don't know if, if it's, that's the argument, then like, okay, fine. Let's like dump on him. But I don't know. So is it just that it's an insane thing to say to a teammate? Like it's such a lame coincidence that it's, that's the whole issue. It's, it's mean, one of those, what, what do you it, think? What, do you, what, what does is, government mean to you? Kind of memes. Kyrie is now in the vortex of anything that he says is picked over and picked apart. And there's just, there's a segment of the population that isn't going to like Kyrie Irving. And partly the problem though, is that this quote, this quote means nothing like to really, it's a joke. It's like a, it's not even a bad joke. It's like an okay joke. Justifiably like, you know, taking the piss out of him for the thing that he said when he was, you know, just just leaving Jared Allen and Joe Harris off a big old list of players <laughs> that he wants to keep next summer. Which we're going to talk about again. I'm again sure we again will. And again. Um, that I get, but this I don't get. And this is where that whole, like, we just want to compound the problem and we have to resist that temptation because this is not, this is not a thing that we should be scrutinizing. So I want to ask you, you're the co-host of this show. Do we want to dive into what Kyrie said on Friday to reporters to follow up the thing where he listed everyone on the team that he wants to be on the team and the other ones he doesn't want to be on the team? Or do we just want to talk about the Sixers and then we'll talk about the Kyrie quote? It's up to you, Brian. I'm giving you um, the power to decide. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that he said is, I mean, do you have a, a hot take on that? Because it seems pretty 
standard, but if you got to take, give it, you know, lay it on me, brother. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> to me, I'm almost more infuriated by the thing that he said on Friday than the thing that he said on Thursday. The thing that he said on Thursday to recap, that's, that's because you're a media coastal media <laughs> elite. You keep saying that, but so is everyone who's a Nets fan, and exactly the that's Nets the fan problem. base is a little. Uh, tired already of Kyrie Irving though he's only played like four basketball games for the team so Kyrie obviously on Thursday had said this was after the game at what was it the game against uh, I don't know who it was the Sixers I think it was another Sixers game or whoever it doesn't even matter who it was when Kyrie's like we're not good enough we're not championship contenders and we need one or two more pieces then he lists the guys on the team that need the help thus by leaving out Jared Allen Joe Harris most importantly meaning like hey maybe those two guys could be traded for Someone else. He didn't say that, but he left them off the list. Okay, so then Kyrie comes back the next day on Friday and then talks about, you know, obviously the first question to him in the media is like, hey, you had these comments. How did you handle it with your team? And this is what Kyrie says. I'm just going to say what he says. I won't bleep myself out because he didn't bleep himself out. You know, that's fine. He's This is his words. He says, it's not like I'm an asshole yelling at everyone in their locker all the time. I'm going to continue to push. I'm going to continue to demand greatness out of myself and demand greatness out of my teammates. And we go from there. If it's harsh as a leader or too much for anybody, if you're not in our locker room, stay the fuck out. It is as simple as that. Okay. Kyrie. <laughs> what The thing that like really bugs me about this, and I really... I've always wanted to focus on basketball with Kyrie Irving, and this has always been my defense of him. It goes back. I've mentioned it a million times. The Kevin Durant school of handling Kyrie is the guy is an artist. Let him do what he wants to do. If he's playing basketball, he can act any way he wants because ultimately what you're going to get out of him is one of the best offensive point guards in the NBA definitively. There's no debate. No matter what people want to say, are they better without Kyrie or better with him? On the court, better. But... You yourself, Kyrie Irving, cannot say we need to trade people, we need to trade for better people, and then list the people that should be on the team, thereby leaving people off that list, and those are then we're only left to consider that probably those guys should be traded, and then come back the next day or two days after, whatever exactly the timeline of these quotes were, and basically be like, hey, all you people that listen to the words that I said, you're all idiots. And stay the f out of our locker room. We didn't. We didn't like. No one intruded upon your. No one made you say the words that you said. He said those words. Okay. Now I understand. Multiple reporters have come out to say, "Hey, he was just having a, a conversation with us. He was being forthcoming, and we appreciate it." You'll see Greg Logan on Twitter said that. I think Alex Schiffer on Twitter said that. I think Puccio has said it. You've seen these guys come out and say, "Hey, he was having a conversation." Okay, great. He was having a conversation. But but then to come out and then act like stay out of our locker room, all my guys, the implication being from Kyrie Irving, all my guys understand and get it. If you don't get it, that's your problem. Don't even try to break into the, 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 the mind trust that is the Brooklyn Nets locker room. And you'll get to the Jared Allen quote in a minute. But it's like, dude, you you did this to yourself. This isn't um, the Irving Irving thing was a, a joke. And if people are upset about that, they're D-U-M-B. But you yourself put yourself out onto the plank, this pirate ship that is in Sunset Park. You put yourself out onto the plank. You walked yourself out. 
and then you jumped into the water, the shark-infested waters that is the East River. You did mm-hmm. that yourself, okay? And then to then blame sort of go global coastal media elites yes. for reading too much into your words, though your words required no additional reading. There was no additional text from which to base our thinking off of your words. Your words were the Bible. Yeah, they were it was the it's, text. It's There's... unfortunate that that continues to be the thing where it's like, you just misunderstood me. It's like, well, you've really made it crystal clear. Yeah, and so not a misunderstanding. I, that's really not our fault. Um, I'm so tired of this man. Um, but... it, it is, and we're we're doing the thing that we sort of promised we wouldn't do, <laughs> we which is just, which is just like start venting about this. Uh, but so now that we're here, we may as well go all the way in. Um, because like in in um. In response, Jared Allen was approached by media because he was one of the more uh, conspicuous snubs on the list, um, starting center and fan favorite Jared Allen. Um, His quote was, we talked about it. He ended up saying everything is fine, so no bad blood. He ended up saying everything is fine. So I'm just like projected into (laughs) if this is like an MTV reality TV show, cut to Jared Allen in the confessional being like, yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll say it's fine in the media, but like I'm not trusting Kyrie Irving, you know. Like that's <laughs> like they, this quote is so um, belabored. They're so um, it's just such a like a one off that like really doesn't help to uh, put an emphasis on how good everything is, and that's fine. That's not Jared Allen's. That's not his deal. He doesn't do that a lot, and I wouldn't expect a whole lot of emphasis from from Jared Allen. Um, but you can read pretty heavily the tone there. It's just like he ended up saying everything. It, it seemed very one, like like he, he came up to me and said everything is fine. So I'm saying I guess it's fine, you know. Um, and that's that's sort of how I take the quote. Which again, whatever, it's fine. It probably is fine. It probably is fine. Probably they will trade a bunch of guys over the summer. <laughs> yeah. And like, and we'll be excited I, for that. Like, yeah, <laughs> if, if it comes through, the Nets got Carl Anthony Towns for, I'll say it, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and three first round picks amazing yeah i mean um, it would probably be more than that by the way i just want everyone to be prepared if the nets do walk down this road of trying to get a real third star so (laughs) gosh we'll do this i'm gonna do this brian i'm walking what are you about to do mike what are you gonna do we had a report from david aldridge highly respected editor-in-chief of the athletic dc uh well uh hall of fame basketball reporter talking about a source told david aldridge that bradley beal is as frustrated as he's been as as recently or whatever like he's very frustrated with the wizards bradley beal may be out there we've already had reports that carl anthony towns even though he's come out and said hey i'm everything's fine um carl anthony towns will probably be out there to be had okay so there's there's like all of these now we're beginning to learn what the trade market is going to look like the free agent market is there's nobody there's joe harris basically the greatest free agent of all time and then nobody the trade market is beginning to build. We also had the Portland Trailblazers make a money-saving move by getting rid of Kent Bazemore to get Trevor Ariza. Could the Portland Trailblazers be thinking, we've gone as far as we can with McCollum and Lillard? I don't think they are, but could they be thinking that way? Could CJ McCollum be out there? A guy who, I think he also, didn't he have a beef with Durant over something he said on his podcast about Durant? And then they had like a little thing, and I think Durant mm. came on his podcast. Yeah, which I don't is kind remember. Of, that sounds familiar. But it like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Kevin Durant would be uh, frustrated with something 
that someone said. <laughs> well, here's here's my stance media. on all this stuff. <clears throat> now that it turns out that the Milwaukee Bucks are like some statistically at least generationally good, right. you know, NBA team. Um, if we are going to go all in and add another person without even like peeping what Kevin Durant looks like with Kyrie Irving, let's make sure that we drop a nuclear bomb of Carl Anthony Towns on this situation versus doing it, you know, a halfway job of a McCollum slash Beal. Great players as they are. No disrespect, of course. You don't like Bradley Beal. It's amazing. I, it's not that I don't like Bradley Beal. I just think that you Carl Anthony Towns is so much more, well, such a better fit and 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 way more, just better, just better player and more of a um, an anomaly than either of those two players. Scoring wings, love them. Great. But we have a lot of that on this team. I want some meat. I want some meaty boys. I'm going to mark this down. The time when Brian again admits that he hates Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal's coming to the Nets. It's I don't going think to happen. That, that's, that he moves the needle as much as I mean. Am I wrong for thinking that no. Carl Anthony Towns is is an atomic bomb on the Nets, where um, Bra- Bradley Beal is like a <laughs> is like a I don't know. It's like an extra little cruise missile. It's good. It's great, but it's not. It's <laughs> I not, think not I have not up on my missiles, but I he's at least a tomahawk <laughs> missile. He's at least an undetectable. Cannot be broken. He's, he is undetectable. That's right. That's that's the most important <laughs> thing about Bradley Beal is lack of. I do know, just okay. We'll talk. About, I swear. I swear. We'll talk about basketball in a second. But just so everyone knows, this is basketball. Is this not basketball? Yeah, yeah this is basketball. Just so everyone knows, the Carl Anthony Towns trade that was is going to happen is going to be minimum three to four first round picks plus two legitimate players, meaning Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. and they may, that may not be enough because we just saw. Uh, the Paul George trade, the massive Paul George trade. We also just saw the Anthony Davis trade. Carlton Towns is those guys were at the end of their contracts. This Carlton Towns just began his extension. So what you're getting is guaranteed. Well, unless if he asks for another trade out, a guaranteed portion of Carlton Towns' career, the best part of his career. That is what you're getting, and you're paying top dollar in the NBA for it. But you're getting that. There's not like a Ooh, we have to appease Carl Anthony Towns because he's on this team. He's locked into this team. He is a Jersey guy. Uh, mm. Kenny Atkins, I've talked about this before, and he was the guy who I thought, if they didn't get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, that I think the Nets would have gone hard after Carl Anthony Towns because Kenny Atkinson, if he survives the season, which is maybe something we kind of have to talk about. I know Wow, this is like, whoa, this is getting spicy. I'm just Holy talking. Th- these type of things happen when you get people like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant on your team. But I think Kenny was supposed to coach Carl Anthony Towns in like the under-18 Dominican Republic team for basketball. And then Calipari came in and, and took the job. There was something like that. There was something like Kenny Atkinson was going to coach Carl Anthony Towns and then it didn't happen. So there's not that that's going to be that big of a chip that will be dealt. I can I can imagine that's you were saying that as a potential like link a chip. He almost coached him. Come in, on, we're in the era where we're tracking private here's, planes. Here's what I'll so say: I'm going to put that stuff out there. I find it's incredibly interesting that there are suddenly all these like Jersey guys. You know, I mean, not not that there's any inkling that Carol Anthony Towns wants to play on on the Nets, but that that's a selling point is is interesting to me. It's, um, and then the, the Nets move the franchise back to East Rutherford. Right. Yeah, that, exactly. That's I mean, how it works. Can, can they play a few games there? Would that be the end of the world? Do they move back to Jersey for a few games? So what's really interesting about this is where we are. Like, obviously, where we're at right now is that we're thinking, trade everybody. This team sucks. <laughs> These quote unquote, like future role players exactly are dogs. I mean, he's a 
get and we're echoing exactly Gary's thoughts. And but again, we have you know, we're global coastal media elites, not elite basketball players. That's the difference between us. Um, so we're allowed to. But so um just kidding. I mean, whatever. Um is Kyrie allowed to? I don't know. We'll, we'll get back into it. Yeah. But I the, mean, the, and, and the so point again. is, is like we're we're very low on our players right now. We, the, the combination of players that we just listed off is not super. I think like Karis Levert's trade value is being damaged right now. Like, uh, well, a lot of these guys are being their their stock value is being hurt by the, this current stretch of games. I did see, I saw I saw a promising Karis Levert game in this Philadelphia game that we just saw. This so. What's interesting is that this Sixers game was so close to being a morale booster for the Nets because Kyrie Irving doesn't play. Joel Embiid obviously isn't playing for the Sixers, but Kyrie Irving's out for the game and the original Nets, the original Avengers, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Joe Harris are all out there. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is not out there and the Nets were in the lead for most of the game at various points of the game. And it was another classic fourth quarter. Um, if the Sixers had continued to let Tobias Harris shoot threes, the Nets would have won. But eventually, Tobias Harris stopped shooting threes. Al Horford began to control the ball. And Al Horford did why the reason why he's worth $30 million a year, whatever it is, even though he can't do the same things that he had been doing the past 10 years, is because he has that just that layer of calm about mm, him in the end of game situation in crunch time and really that, that is valuable he he himself is valuable and that's something that the nets don't necessarily have they definitely don't have it at the center position because i mean jared allen had one of the highest alley-oops i've ever seen in my life at the end of the game there we're like Sp- i think it was spencer who just threw it up to him with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Jared Allen reached as high as he could to get it, and and he did he did well in the game, but the Nets came down, they struggled on offense, they couldn't put together consistent buckets, they continually left the Sixers open for shots in Forkan Kuzma's, you know the whatever however you say his name, um, hit the big <laughs> shot, and so but we were on the edge of the original Avengers Nets winning this game and they didn't. So that's why we continue to have these conversations. The Nets are like two and 13 since the eggnog game. I think that's what Alex Schiffer tweeted out. Um, Wait, what's the eggnog game? That's the one where like after the the Nets came back after the long break after Christmas, the against the Knicks and they lost Mm. the big game against the Knicks and Spencer did what he said. I guess we had too much eggnog going into that game. The Nets were like, you know, playing, pretty well and everyone was excited and then the net the next lose to the next spencer Dini makes that eggnog comment and then not that that is the inciting factor for why the team is bad right now but they're two and 13 or something like that since after christmas since christmas <clears throat> two and 13 cannot be well maybe it's right um because we're almost a month after christmas wow the time flies by brian um mike i just want to like yes yeah like yeah Karis had a decent game um Kind of. He shot six for 16. Um, <laughs> like our standards for care. I think we just need to start being realistic with this guy. I, I hate to do this because I, he is Cherboy. He was one of Cherboys. I don't want to do it. He actually, we need to. Originally, he was not my Cherboy. You know, that's that. right. So in eight games I in Jabari January, Parker. he's, he's averaging Jabari. 12 points on 36% shooting. Yeah. He's shooting 60% from the free throw line. 
it, there's a problem with with Cherboy. With Cherboy. With <laughs> there's an efficiency problem with Cherboy. So like he's the, a ISO scorer who is doing it at a very low percentage. It's not that there is an issue here. So like what would you do? to ignite Karis LeVert. What is the, is it to put him in the starting lineup next to Kyrie Irving when Kyrie Irving comes back and be like, just learn to be the secondary ball handler and hope, hopefully you'll get really good shots. Or is it to be here are five minutes a game where you're just going to be the lead guy, handle the I ball think, and do your thing. I, I think all we've seen from him, this is, I, I use this kind of comparison was like, he get, it's like, a, this is a cycle that we, I feel like has happened every year with, with Karis LeVert since he's been here. This is like his fourth year or fifth year, I, yeah, fourth year. Um, and he, Probably fifth. yeah. So what, what happens invariably is he plays and there's some issues with basically his ability to be efficient and have the sort of playmaking chemistry that you want him to have with other, the other wing players on the team, so on and so forth. <clears throat> like he does a lot of Interesting driving to the basket, but it's never, it's always with the mind to score. And at the very last second, he'll dump off if necessary. But like, it's really not a pl- playmaking, playmaking kind of thing. He's not looking for people doing like hammer cuts and fancy stuff like that. And like the guy who's going to be shooting the three in the corner, that's not whose eye is on at all. Um, so like his playmaking is very one dimensional. It exists, but it's one dimensional. Um, what I would say to Karis, and, and this is like, and so anyway, so it'll go on and he'll get more and more um, efficient at scoring is generally how it goes. And he just becomes like the lead guy and those crazy herky jerk layups actually start falling. And right. it becomes just like, it, there's a lot more gravity that, that happens because people have to account for him. He starts to take games over all good things. And then he gets hurt and he's like Sonic the Hedgehog where when he gets hurt, all of his rings, he, they fly into the air. He loses all of his rings. <laughs> And then he spends two months on the bench and then he's got to pick up all of his rings all over again. And, and like, he's right back to where he was. And that's, and that's, uh, what I would say for Karis is to learn that mid range game a little bit more, not like mid range shooting, but like, like, you know, that more utility, like playmaking that, that happens at the elbow and things like that. Yeah. Learn how to post people up a little bit, learn how to like, just add more dimensions than just that, that very effective dribble drive that's very lateral and like it takes a while to get into, but like it is effective when you're doing it well. But if you add those other dimensions, you can have a lot of a lot of success in other places, I think. Yeah, and I think so I love the Sonic analogy because it has always felt like he he progresses, progresses, gets hurt, and does go back to zero or goes back to, you know, three rings or four rings or whatever. Doesn't keep his levels. Doesn't no. keep his levels. So I, I totally it says again, it's another video game analogy. It's like you didn't save when you got to a certain point in the game that exactly. you get to shoot back to level three. Okay. Right. So I agree. I think and you're totally right about his playmaking is um it, it is very like straight line. There's only like he's either gonna do the herky jerk thing or he'll luckily f- sort of find someone. It exists, but it's not advanced. He he really ultimately does need to learn to fit next to Kyrie Irving, right? To be a successful part of the Nets rotation. But is it the best thing for his trade value? If we're going to walk into the trade value waters, you do need to show a Karis LeVert that can actually be the lead focal point of an offense. And that's what he was while healthy last season. And that's what he became in the playoffs because he, again, I've mentioned this before, but he was the best player for the Nets in the playoffs. So this team, they, they're they working on – so Kenny Atkinson has to figure out about eight different things constantly, and they keep changing what those eight different things are. It's Kyrie Irving's in the lineup or he's 
out of the lineup. And if he's in the lineup, then how does Spencer Dinwiddie play with Kyrie Irving? And then if he's out of the lineup, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie's the lead ha- ball handler. And then if Spencer Dinwiddie's the lead ball handler, then like, oh, we've got to bump up Garrett Temple's minutes or we decline Garrett Temple's minutes. And Kenny Atkinson is still figuring out the end of his bench. It's TLC. It's Rodion's Karutz. It's Nick Claxton, which we probably we need to get to at some point. And then Kenny Atkinson also balanced the DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen question. And all of it is revolving around sort of the ghost that is lurking within Sunset Park, which is Kevin Durant. Is he going to come back this season or next? We actually had quotes from Kenny Atkinson. So Kenny Atkinson had said that the Nets, that Kevin Durant was progressing fantastically and that he didn't want to, you know, get out over his skis. Great analogy. Um, Not that he said that, but I said it. Um, And didn't want to sort of go too far and basically saying like Kevin Durant may be back this season. He didn't want to say that, right? He, he just he just wanted to leave it as progressing fantastically. And then Kevin Durant, then Kenny Atkinson cleaned up those quotes later last week, basically saying, hey, we're still not expecting Durant to come back. He's doing his work. We're leaving him alone to do his work. Now, I think the first thing he said, talking about progressing fantastically, is more in line with how Kenny Atkinson actually feels. And the second quotes that came later in the week were him cleaning up sort of his over-exuberance about Kevin Durant. I also want everyone to point out, you know, do we know Kevin Durant's going to come back? We don't. But everything we've heard about Kevin Durant's recovery has been positive. Progressing fantastically. He's working every day in the gym. Durant himself has talked about, he did a Twitter AMA and talked about, you know, it's been very hard, but he's just constantly grinding and trying to get to that point. We've heard nothing negative. So if he's continuing on a, a very positive path for recovery, he is going to come back this season unless the Nets season is in the tank, unless Kyrie Irving is done for the season, unless the Nets for some reason is all the way down, I don't know, somewhere below the standings. If they're the eighth seed, there may not be a tremendous point for Kyrie Irving to come back or for Kevin Durant to come back. But Kevin Durant's progress has been everything positive about it. There hasn't been a a single negative story, a single setback that may have happened with Kevin Durant's comeback. If you look at the guys who have come back from an Achilles injury, they all come back around. I think 538 had the, the number. I mean, they just added a bunch of the recovery times from former NBA players back together and figured out 269 days is the average recovery that would put Kevin Durant back firmly around March, which is a month and a half away. So Kevin Durant is going to come back as long as the Nets don't stink. So I think that's what this Nets team is balancing right now. Uh, both the players, management, and Kenny Atkinson. They, I, I think there's probably some understanding that as long as there's no setbacks, and as long as the team's good enough, that Kevin Durant may come back this season. So that kind of leads to the big question of like, do you actually then make the trade that Kyrie is calling for? Do you make this trade of that? We are going to trade Joe Harris and Jared Allen and first round picks to get a really big piece because we feel like Kevin Durant's going to come back. Or do we just kind of like, you know what, this team, no matter what, even if he does come back, we're not going to win a championship this year. Let's just like hold back. There's going to be so many more avenues from which to walk down to acquire that third star in the offseason because there's no free agents and we'll know what draft pick we have or draft picks possibly if the Nets don't make the playoffs, which I still think they will. You know, there's just like 
there's a lot I think this team is balancing. There's a lot that Kenny Atkinson cannot say that they're trying to balance. And Kyrie Irving's comments to go back all the way to him has kind of blown stuff up a bit. Um, but I think all this began with me talking about Karis LeVert. Is that right? Um, I think so. Karis LeVert should get better. Let's get better, man. Just start playing ba- better basketball. I don't know. Yeah. I, I It's been... It'd be awesome if our if our like I had if we could continue to have faith that the rest of these of our team was was getting better. It feels it feels not like that's the case. It feels like everyone's regressed a little bit, and it's because they've been asked to do a lot um, because Kyrie Irving hasn't played enough. Um, <clears throat> and when he has played, he hasn't like seamlessly injected goodwill and basketball excellence into the program. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's been annoying because, like, in theory, I would like it if Kevin Durant could come back and just be the best pat- basketball player in the world, you know, or second best or whatever. And in that sense, like, you have a not dissimilar situation from what Milwaukee has. And, like, Giannis is one of the best players in the world. You know, they're top three if you, you know, with, with the other, other good players in the world. And if you just have a really nice, formidable bench surrounding them in the same way that Milwaukee does, a really beautiful system – then like, okay, let's do that. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll go to war with that. But that system seems to be breaking down at the moment. I'll give, here's a positive note for Nets fans as we move forward to finish off this month and then to go into February, okay? You have an all-star break, which I guess Kyrie Irving is maybe an all-star potentially, but I he shouldn't be an all-star at this point. But they have this big Lakers game Thursday I imagine that's the TNT game, Lakers-Nets. The Lakers just got blown out by the Celtics. Not that that necessarily means anything, but you could go one way or the other. That The Lakers are maybe hitting a rough patch or that they're going to be pissed off or something and try to win this game. I don't know. Whatever. But they're playing, you know, <laughs> tropes. I, they're gonna, the, Hashtag yeah, tropes. I'm going to go with the trope where the Nets lose, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, but following that game, the Lakers-Nets game, you have a back-to-back, but it's nets in Detroit on a Saturday, and then Nets at MSG on a Sunday, a game that they really do need to win emotionally because I really don't want to hear it from Knicks fans. But here, here are just the opponents that they play in February, accounting for the all-star break in between. Pistons, Knicks, Pistons, Bulls, Wizards, Suns, Warriors. That's all coming up. Then it's Raptors, Pacers, Raptors, Sixers. So very tough four-game stretch. But hopefully you will have knocked off a bunch of wins against the worst teams in the NBA. Hornets, Magic. Magic is a intense game. That's a rivalry for 7-8 right now. Wizards again. Hawks. Hawks, we, we've all enjoyed our time with the Hawks. Mm. Miami Heat, a team that the Nets have beaten. And that's the, the February 29th game, the leap year game. I don't know if they're going to be giving stuff away at the Miami game. But that's what you have for all of February. It's there's that middle pack of Raptors, Pacers, Raptors, Sixers, and that's around All Star break. So there's actually a a break of a week of games in between. But before that, it's as easy as you could possibly get in the NBA. Some really good. There's a lot of those are home games, and then you do get like a nice cushy like Wizards Hawks in between the Magic game and the Heat game. Okay, so let's. Rip off some wins. This is my coaching. If I was Kenny Atkinson, I'd be like, let's rip off some wins, guys. Let's hey, Mike, get let me some positive this. momentum. What's the deal with us matching up well with, with Miami? Is that just a is that a coincidence or is that a real meme? 
I think it's a real meme. Coincidence? <laughs> new segment. Coincidence or real meme? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I, I worry about is I I fear Jimmy Butler so much just because he's burned the wow. nets over the many many seasons so far. Yeah. Um. But I don't think Miami is actually as good as their record, or at least their place in the Eastern Conference standings. And I do think they're going to drop in the standings as the season goes along. Zach Lowe tweeted this out: that the the Heat know that they have one really big trade in them, and we just don't know what that is. And they may not even may not even happen this season. But the Heat have one big trade because they have Drogic's uh, expiring contract. And they have a positive. They have could put Justice Winslow in the deal. They could put. I think they have the one first round pick that they can use. They can use it this season to trade or something like that. So it's like, if the Heat make a big trade to get whoever that may be, okay, they're a little bit scarier. Of all the teams, though, like I feel I would not want to play the Raptors because I, I just feel like the Raptors are too well coached and they'll just kill mm-hmm. the Nets at this point just because they're they always seem to be firing all on all cylinders against the Nets. You don't want to play the Bucks, obviously. You don't want to be the eighth seed and play the Bucks in the first round. You know the Sixers with Joel Embiid will destroy the Nets, probably. But the Heat is like that one team where they've been overachieving all season. Um, they really only have Jimmy Butler. I mean, Bam Adebayo is going to be a, an All Star, but he's not like an intimidating force offensively. And they have a bunch of three point shooters. And the Nets are similar, where they have a star. Uh, a disgruntled star in Kyrie Irving. <laughs> there are Jimmy Butler. Um, mm-hmm. They have a, a young center who is not as good as Bam, but remember we had that all-star conversation that happened this season for Jared Allen. Oh, man. That was, that? So, that was looking for like a week there. Like he was the real deal. And so was it for Spencer Dinwiddie, though. I still don't wow. think... And Spencer's even said, I don't think he's going to be invited back for the skills challenge, which he won last year. I think he won it last year. He won it at least once he won the year before he was hurt last year oh oh yeah that makes sense um okay so we have one final segment that i want to do uh that i want brian to hear me talk uh we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and do that the stage is set it's down to the best of the best as we crown the football champion don't miss out get in on all the action with DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app DraftKings sportsbook is the place to get all of your big game bets in head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer including countless prop bets and football squares plus DraftKings sportsbook is a safe secure and reliable betting app you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering up their best sign-up offer to date right now. You do not want to miss out. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 thousand dollars do not forget that's code quick and get your sign up bonus of up to one thousand dollars only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older new jersey only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each of up to five hundred dollars deposit bonus requires 25 times played through restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER okay so uh brian and i were discussing before the pod today, we were talking in the car and we're talking about sort of like the non-NBA basketball leagues that are floating out there. And it got the creators. Well, there's one called The Basketball League that's coming out. <clears throat> First game is on January 30th. Just heads, heads up, NBA, you're on notice. 
And, and this happened as well as the big three. I think they've changed their name to like Fireball Three or something weird like that. And they, what? They, yeah, no. Fireball they Three. They, they their new basketball is called the Fireball. That sounds what, like an anime. So like a bad anime, which I do like. And if you follow Ice Cube, who runs the league, his son is like a big anime um 90s cartoons is that Saturday, right? big what? 90s cartoon setting remember that's that hilarious. show of like these um sentient shark that were like yes, trolls, but sharks. yeah but sharks yeah i didn't like them i didn't like their their tiny legs it felt dispropor- disproportionate in a way that i didn't like you you kind of have a leg hip obsession I would say if, if that's true and I'm not saying it is yeah no just about like basketball players you you talk about slender hips body like. body of shapes is just I don't know something I fixate on I guess I kind of like that shark show I you know I have Disney plus and I was watching the x-men cartoon uh-huh that is worth a, re- a rewatch a real yeah, yeah put your adult brain on and rewatch that show that is mind-bending <laughs> like that was a kid show wow. Wow. it was like a lot of Yes, a lot of civil unrest in that show. Um, anyways, so it got the creative juices flowing. We're talking about new basketball leagues. And I have two proposals. If I was the general manager of a, a, a burgeoning basketball league, this is, the, this is the way I would differentiate my league. And what I'm going to have Brian do is decide good idea, bad idea. Okay? Mm-hmm. New mm-hmm. segment called good idea, bad good idea. Bad idea. Okay. Good. I got it. The first one would be uh basketball nascar okay so one unique aspect about nascar that not a lot of people know about is that in fact nascar is not always driven on ovals okay everyone thinks oh it's just you're just driving around in circles that's what it is it's the same track every week that is so boring in fact there's many different variations of track whether it be the material used to build the track or in fact ovals themselves not always the same shape sometimes i think there's like a triangle type shape um, there's a super speedway, which is like really big, which is where you get all the crashes. Talladega is a super speedway. And then Watkins Glen road course, uh, road course is more like what you'd find in formula one. So in NASCAR, there's a lot of variation and NASCAR fans get all very excited about, Oh, we're going here this week. No one likes road courses, by the way. If you talk to any NASCAR fan, all of them hate road courses. They all too European for their taste. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basketball league. Okay. I haven't thought of a title yet, but here's the concept. Each week, different location, different environment. One week, we're in Venice Beach. You have the the Pacific breeze, the salty Pacific breeze coming off you. It's it's a, you're, All the players are wearing uh, white man can't jump cosplay. Okay. Okay. And you're playing in Venice Beach. So it's so it's everything's the same. <clears throat> so, so here's what I thought you were going to say. Please. So with the track thing you're talking about, like mm-hmm. I thought it would be cool if you had different shaped courts. Like yeah, like a like a uh, horseshoe shaped court. Brian, Brian, we're getting, just have oh. faith in the system here. Okay, this is, sorry. This is all right. Venice Beach. We had to establish we, first. All right, we yeah, started okay, Venice, Venice Beach. Beach. <laughs> we started Venice <laughs> yeah. Beach. Okay, it's good. white man can't jump cosplay. Uh-huh. It's two on two. It's not five on five for this. So that's also part of the gimmick <laughs> is that the team changes the the amount of players that play and the way the game is played changes. So the construction of a roster, you're really gonna have to think about. Actually, I kind of want just like. I want like ball dominant guards, of course, who always do. But like you kind of want guys who also understand how to play two on two. Um, and then we're also going to play five on five. OK. Well, I, I actually don't even understand. So wait, so you're drafting a new team every time you play? Is that what no, you're no, saying? no. I'm just saying when you construct your team, there's going to be four teams in this league. And it's not always five on five. 
You know, it's it's different every week. And we'll get to the part where it really matters who you draft because ne- not Venice Beach. That's not next. I'll get to the final point next, the best part of this league. But one week it's like Rucker Park. Um, one week is, is in like a, a, a big arena. But again, it's still a rectangular shaped court. Yes, for now. You you I already told you the this the idea at the end of this that it's going to be in a in, a, in water. Yeah, the, <laughs> the best but, part about this the but, best part the best part about this league is that it will be one of the weeks will be pool basketball. Okay? People are in a pool in water. You should do slam ball before you do pool basketball. Slam, slam ball, ball could back. be another week. Slam Here, ball is another week. So this is an interesting idea, but I want you to t- keep in keep in mind what I'm t- trying to tell you. Imagine a donut shaped basketball court with a with a yes. hole in the middle, where out of bounds is in the middle, or like, a horseshoe shaped one, where you could basically like a, inbound like the ball, le- and then you've got like a baseline J at the other team's basket if you want it. If you can, if you can, so you got to like guard, you got to be full court pressing the, the other team the entire time. It's sort of like the level in Mario Kart battle where it's like the lava yeah. pit. So middle. what you're talking about is more, yeah, exactly. But what you're talking about is more like in like Street Fighter Two, where basically the the thing is the same. You just get a different background. <laughs> You've got you're in a absolutely, a, absolutely not a Chinese marketplace Absol- versus well, a Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. So that okay, yes, I'll admit it's background driven because that's television, <laughs> baby. That's how it works. How are you gonna sell this thing? Streaming television. You want a nice presentation. I'll tell you what, the most boring part of pro basketball is the arenas. They're all boring. You can see the, the seats are hideous. The be, I mean, the Lakers are cool because you can see celebrities and all that stuff. But like the, the arena itself offers nothing. That's what baseball has over basketball is that baseball, you do have sort of these unique construction of the actual arena that they play in. The, the the architecture themselves, the wall architecture plays into how a certain team plays. I'm thinking of the Green Monster. So I like your idea of that the court itself, maybe some weeks, is like a lava pit donut with sharks. No, no. Just, I love that idea. No, that's a great the, idea. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll put you, you down. You making this unrealistic, but this is actually a real meme. This could be a real meme. Okay, uh, but but give me pool basketball because I think that... Like a snake-shaped court, you know? Things like, anyways, pool ba- yeah, you just want a pool basketball league. Because, that's what you want. Okay, because when we talk about roster construction... You're getting basketball players, but if you're going to have a pool basketball week, and we're talking about only an eight-week season leading up into, um, I guess, Labor Day? Maybe this is a summer sport? Um, You're going to want a water polo player on your team, and he won't play any other week. Yeah, what what depth of water are we talking about? Well, these people are six foot to seven feet tall. So you, if you're for effective pool basketball, you need to come right below – the uh, armpit. Well, right. So, the, like, water polo wouldn't, your skills in water polo wouldn't matter here. Oh, absolutely would. Because you're, the way, no, there's no dribbling. Mostly it's about swimming. Have you ever played water polo? It's like you're in a 10 foot pool. It's it's terrifying. Yeah. I've seen, I played water polo at my Jewish sleepaway camp, Brian. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I, I went to a Jewish sleepaway camp, Please. too. And I played it. <laughs> and it is the, the least fun, most scary sport in the world. And in pool basketball, you're not actually dribbling about. Have you played pool basketball? That, I think that's the question I've that played you should know. Lots of pool basketball. So what I'm saying is you would under if, – if you've played both of those things, you would know that being a water polo athlete would matter not a little bit. Oh, my not God. Not at all. I don't know not how you're playing pool basketball. <laughs> for, for but the way I've always played it, rough and tumble, you're pushing and shoving. Versus a seven-foot guy, you're having basketball players who are seven feet tall, and you're trying to play that ba- like But the mobility, you know the answer to The this. mobility of a seven-footer is is – um, diminished by being in a pool. And who is the most mobile person in a pool? The best swimmer. 
So you're if you have a water polo player on your team in pool basketball, that guy is jetting around seven footers <laughs> and just dunking on people. <laughs> I, I you, would, you would be the worst manager of your own sport. You'd be you would be you'd be outed I am, immediately. I am shocked by okay, how so, how how small uh, you, you don't even you're not even understanding the grandeur of this all. If you're gonna, why don't you get an actual swimmer then? Just get Michael Phelps, get a real swimmer. How hard do you think it is to just swim with a ball? Phelps is retired. <laughs> Katie Ledecky is where I would go. Katie Ledecky, the sure. greatest, the greatest swimmer of all time, be, better than Michael Phelps. Sure. Um, um, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in over the top here and say, bad idea, Mike. Okay. <laughs> bad idea on this. I'm gonna come in below the <laughs> the bottom and say. Yeah. I'm workshopping crazy. this. Yeah. All right. Back in the workshop. But okay. I, I, yeah. Second idea. Okay. This is more aligned with regular basketball. But if I was actually starting a basketball, this is regular basketball. So we're back to regular court. We're going to different arenas, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Doesn't matter the size of the team. It could be a three on three league or it could be a five on five league. But this is what I would do. I would, if I was starting a basketball league and I was trying to differentiate it from the NBA, do away with a three point line. But I would make it so the only person that can be in the lane is the person who has the basketball. Okay? And what this would do would mean no defenders could ever be in the lane. Maybe make it a little smaller. But never make no defenders could ever be in the lane. And no person who's on offense without the ball. Meaning you can't just have Jared Allen sitting underneath the basket waiting for a pass and then dunking it. So what would happen is it would become a battle royale to get into the lane. Okay, because three points are gone. Doesn't matter. You're you're not going to try to shoot three or three points anymore. So everything reverts back to like late '80s basketball, where everyone was just crowded around the lane, anyways. So no value of three pointers. But if you can get through a defense to get into the lane, it creates an immediate runway to a dunk, to an awesome dunk. So everything would become about focusing on how to get dunks. Again. No one can get in the lane unless you have the ball. You physically have the ball. So you got to get through the defense somehow, set picks, do whatever. And then if you get the ball, get into the lane, you, no one can even stop you from throwing down the greatest It's like out of, out of bounds for a defender to be in the lanes? Like what happens if you step into the lane? It, it's a immediate foul, one-shot penalty. The oh. offensive team gets a one-shot penalty. Here's, here's what you have just did. You've devised a system where you're never going to see a dunk again. Because all they're going to do, or dunks that don't count. Because as soon as somebody's in the lane, you're just going to step in there and have them shoot free throws. And then they get the ball back. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it's one shot and the ball back? Yeah. So it's a flagrant. Yeah. It's a fla- but we're not going to call it a flagrant because like, then you guys will just get tossed out of the game immediately. Now, there would be some there would be some delicate, you know, like if your foot goes on the line. Okay, we're not going to be. Okay, they get the ball NFL. back. But I think even still, if they're going for a breakaway dunk, you stick your foot in there. Hope that they miss the free throw and give them the possession again well, versus okay. just tomahawk dunking on your face. I'm glad we're workshopping this. Here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. If if a defender just if the defender's in the lane and the ball's not in the lane, one shot ball back to the offense. But if the offensive player is just is in the lane, is in the lane by him with the ball, the offensive player is in the lane with the ball, and then the defender comes in the lane, that's you get the two points and so the ball back. You've also made a, a bad misjudgment in what people like about dunking, which is, you know, people like a dunk contest, fine. But what they really like is when someone gets dunked on. And what you've basically done is prevented that from ever happening again. We did prevent that from ever happening. But what's happening right now in the NBA is we do have that sometimes. 
and I've talked to you about this before. I'm not calling them poster dunks. I'm calling them cell phone wallpaper dunks because we don't have posters anymore, but we have cell phone wallpapers. Um, it doesn't happen all that often. Poster dunks don't happen all that often. It just doesn't. And but dunks that's it. themselves they're, they're don't sort of happen. Special. I mean, I'm I'm on board with workshopping the three point line in an effort to make you know people drive to the basket like more. That's obviously that's. That's a consideration I think everybody's sort of kicking around now with the homogeny of basketball in today's in today's game. Um, I don't think you need to do what you've what you've done there with the lane. I don't think. If anything, I think you might go the opposite direction with the lane. Well, here's what I would do. Or you could do it like this way with no three-second calls in the lane and also keep the three-point line um, and basically dare people to, you know, come into the paint more. But that wouldn't dare anyone. You mean no offensive three seconds? No defensive three seconds. Yeah, that wouldn't dare anyone to come into lane more. It would make people never want to go into lane because then you would just have a guy like Brooke Lopez just standing at the basket the entirety of the game. The whole Prime point, real estate to be dunked on. The whole think, point you have to do, if you're going to make a new basketball <clears throat> league, get back to the original. You, you want slam ball. You're just trying to create slam ball. No, but, but I agree slam ball can be a part of the first idea. The second idea you're trying to create a basketball league that is different from the NBA, but yet still basketball. Not my joke version of pool basketball plus beach basketball plus slam basketball plus fire basketball. Um, that's a, that's the fourth, and that's going to be played over the fourth, the eight, the fourth horseman. That's going to yeah. be played over the eight nights of Hanukkah. Is fire yeah. basketball? <laughs> but the but this game has to be the 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 second one still has to be basketball, but totally different to look totally different from the way that it's being played right now. And what's being played right now is all layups, some dunks, but all layups and three-pointers. But you can't just get rid of the three-point line because that would be super boring. I think if you went back to late 80s basketball, that's boring. So what I'm trying to do is incentivize the, the ability that an offensive player, if they get to a certain point on the floor, it's not a post-up. No, it's a dunk. You're getting a dunk at that point. And I'm... And I'm kind of I'm I'm David Sterning this, and I'm telling players, hey guys, if we want to grow our league, dunk. Don't give me layups. Don't load manage me layups. Okay, we're trying to grow this league, and what this league needs is serious dunking. You never, Mike. This is like the. Um, you ever heard this the saying? Too much of a good thing. Never. You know, you're, you know what, actually, <laughs> I disagree. That's yeah. When in your life have has too much of a good thing been a bad thing? One time I got a whole box of Slim Jims, um, like one of those like Perfect. snack size. Already, you beat me. <laughs> I, I know exactly I, where this is going to go. And I haven't had a Slim Jim again. Um, I ate them all in an afternoon. It was like probably like 200 Slim Jims. Tiny Slim Jims. They were like two inches long. Oh, really? Snack size <laughs> Slim Jims. Never had one again. But, like, so but that's a go. memorable day. That's You know what? That's probably one of the top. <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you're on your deathbed. I... Your I haven't Slim thought of Jim made deathbed. <laughs> yeah. um, that will be one of the top 10 days of your life. Yeah. So um, kind of a good thing. All right. So good idea. That was a great idea. Um, I, my, yeah, I've already talked about this, but my idea would be free throws, shoot them from wherever you take the, take the shot where you got fouled. That's actually a really good idea. Why don't you just tell so, people that? It, so yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the idea would be if you're James Harden and you're taking a step back three or whatever, it's sort of like horse. Like if you get fouled taking that step back three, you have to take that from where the, the like the thirty footer that you were trying to take it. It's a thirty foot free throw. You know what I just and that's yeah, it's only fouls on shots. It's not like at the end of the game when teams are fouling someone. And that way, if you're Jared Allen, you're getting fouled from you know 
two two feet away. You're taking that two foot three free throw. <laughs> Did you? Um, how I mean, I mean, imagine how much more stressful that'll be. End of the game. We've got the ball into Jared Allen. He gets fouled taking a five foot hook shot, and he's going to take a free throw from like the baseline five feet away. Not e- way easier said than done, but at, a, at just a glimpse, it's like just make this this shot. Stressful. Very. You could stressful. see his like, knees shaking already. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the intensity of the people. spaghetti all over his sweater already. Mister Whammy. Obviously, for opposing teams, would literally be right next to them as he's doing his voodoo on them. Um, I think that's a legitimately great idea and could solve a lot of the issues of basketball teams. Um, We've done a lot of good here, Mike, but I don't want to go just yet. I have one more thing. Yes. This is from an email from Trevoy Lou Estevez. He wrote a whole beautiful, long um, killer comparison in depth. I'm not going to be able to go into all of it. I want you to know that it's amazing, though. But so here's what he did. He said, killer comparison, because it's politics time, Mike. And he's comparing players to <laughs> to, candidates. to candidates. Are you ready for this? Yes. Kyrie Irving is Joe Biden. Both have passed where they have said some dodgy or weird or crazy stuff, putting their foot in their mouths, which both continue to do up till today. Both are seen as having the potential to be the top guy in their respective careers. Biden is the president. Kyrie is the primary player in an NBA championship team but both are actually probably best suited as the strong number two on either a presidential ticket or an nba championship team pretty damn good i'm actually gonna read this whole thing it's pretty it's pretty great dinwiddie is mayor pete both well-spoken and extremely smart mayor pete went to harvard and din was accepted to harvard both also have weirdly uh slightly weird last names and have to overcome either a small time league beginning g league or small town mayor beginning south bend on their path to respective heights Din is a potential all-star, and Mayor Pete is a potential president. Both have continuously been counted out or overlooked in their careers, only to prove those doubters wrong. All-star Dinwiddie and President Buttigieg is not as crazy as it looked merely a few years ago. That's These perfect. are so good, dude. These are so good. Theo Pinson is Andrew Yang. Both are just happy to be there, and thus <laughs> are a complete joy to watch do their things. Andrew has the Yang gang, and Theo Pinson is the leader of the Nets bench mob. Both are quite hilarious, and there are times when you think, hmm, maybe a President Yang isn't that crazy, or Theo might be a starting PG or sixth man off the bench guard in the sleep, but then you go, nah. Nah. Um, Cory Booker's Torian Prince. This is the longest one. I should. <laughs> this is. <laughs> Booker has all the right tools, or all the tools and intangibles to be our next president. He is the he was the mayor of Newark and lived in the worst neighborhood in the city to make sure he understood its problems. He then got experience with legislation as U.S. senator, thus having the executive and legislative chops needed for the presidency. He has all the intangibles: charismatic, wickedly smart, and even heroic. The dude runs into burning buildings to save his fellow citizens. That's why it's so puzzling and shocking why he couldn't crack two percent on any presidential poll. Prince similarly has all the tools to be a perfect 3 and D small forward or small ball forward. He has height, almost 6'8", and a gigantic 7-foot wingspan. He can shoot the 3, but despite all of his physical tools and athleticism, he can't seem to rise up and be a capable defender. You see him on some nights and see all the tools. You can't understand why he can't defend either forward spot. Both are completely vexing as to how they are not better at what they clearly have all the tools to be. That's perfect. I will do the last one. The glue guys are Bernie Sanders. Boston Celtics are Donald Trump. And Mike Bloomberg is a New York Knicks. <laughs> which, which of those? Except do you Bloomberg's want to eat? way more successful than the Knicks have ever been. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> where Bernie Sanders? Where Bernie Sanders? Do you know, the, you know the meme about Bernie Sanders right now is that like nobody likes him because that's what Hillary Hillary yeah. said in some book or something that or documentary or something that no one likes Bernie Sanders. And then you probably didn't. This probably didn't come across your radar. But do you know the show The Weekly? 
from uh, I'm aware of the show, but I don't listen to it or whatever. Okay. So the weekly, for all those who don't know, is the New York Times is a TV show on FX. It's a weekly news magazine show. And this past week they had um sort of they they did like an American idol for their Democratic endorsement, which is they brought in all the candidates that they were thinking about endorsing on the Democratic side for interviews, and the same people were interviewing them, the editorial board or whatever. And you got to see parts of the interview. That was a cool part of the show. At the end of the show, they tell you who they were going to endorse. They would release that information. And what they ended up doing was endorsing two people, which has not been played that well on Twitter and various other online sources. But um, Bernie Sanders, they asked him what was what is like your biggest weakness, essentially. And he says, mm-hmm. I don't like people. <laughs> I don't <laughs> pe- pe- like I don't I don't put up with. Like, I don't say happy birthday to people is literally what he yeah. said. Like, I won't do those pleasantries. Like, I stick to the issues and I do my job and that's it. And then mm-hmm. now we have this Hillary Clinton quote come out of where she said that people, no one likes Bernie. And mm. I think that does fall in line with us because. I have been accused of not sending birthday texts in the past. In fact, I've never done it. I just don't do it. Even with close family members, sometimes I'll just not do it at a principle. You know what will happen to me every birthday I will I will get a text from a few of my friends that I didn't you don't expect you know I don't ever expect a birthday text especially from you I don't expect it um, <laughs> I mean you should you should know not to expect for, I'll make it clear I'm probably never gonna sign one but like I'll, I will get it from a few people I'm like that is such a nice thing to do and I think I'm going to start doing that I'm gonna I'm gonna See, reach- that's that's the part of it where I can't even get into it on that level I think like what does this person want from me like that's <laughs> That's where that's where I perfect way to end the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Find us everywhere and anywhere you listen to podcasts. We will be back in years later this week. We are working to get a few big interviews that may come through in some way. Hint bird is a code word. I think everyone who's a Nets fan knows what that is. Um, If you're still here by the end of this podcast, mazel tough to you. And (laughs) yeah. Brian, thank you for listening. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Bye. Yeah, boy. Yeah.